You know, even though our national holiday that's set aside for giving thanks is over, I want to encourage you this morning and talk with you this morning about doing a better job at unleashing our tongues to let our thanks really run to God day after day, moment by moment. Let your tongue do this. Do what a dog does when you unleash it. Amen? <laughs> when you unleash a dog and let it go in a park, it just runs, it goes, it's full of excitement. Let your thanks run to God. Unleash your tongue and let it run with thanksgiving to God and others with all kinds of thankful words. So we're not talking about unleashing your tongue with angry words or insulting words or cutting words or wounding words, but instead unleash your tongue and let it run to God constantly with all kinds of thankful words. But the question is, how can you unleash your tongue and give thanks to God and others when your times are so bad, when your days and your problems seem to be so unyielding, when the finances are tight, when you don't have a job, when you're close to losing your home, when your income is not enough, when your health continues to decline, when your marriage continues to struggle, when your relationship with your kids is strained, when it seems like good things just never seem to come your way, how can you unleash words of thanks to God and others? Well, God tells us how in his word in our text this morning. Take a look at this with me. The Bible says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Or think about those things. This scripture tells you how you can become thankful in all situations so that you can unleash your tongue and let it run to God with words of thanks moment by moment throughout the day. So write this down as we begin. In your bad times, choose to worry about nothing. In your bad times, choose to worry about nothing. It is a choice and we do have to make a choice. Now, some of you might be thinking, that's easier said than done. I am just a worrier. How many would want to confess that this morning? <laughs> I am just a worrier. It's not going to happen. But the Bible says, do not be anxious, or we could say, do not be worried about anything. Now, it's easy to say to yourself, don't sweat it. And there you are. Your heart's palpitating. Don't sweat it. Come on. Come on. Don't sweat it. It's easy to say, don't sweat it, but then you begin to immediately sweat it. Amen? Anybody been there? That's how you live? All right. You begin to worry. The Smithsonian Institute magazine said, we're in the age of anxiety. We not only have micro worries, which are personal worries, but we now also have macro worries, which are the worries of the world. Most of us get up each day, we turn on the news, we hear about the people who just died, the storms who just hit the devastation of floods and fires and quakes, diseases. We add to that the instabilities around the world. And by the time we get to, the, get to work, we are worrying about everything instead of worrying about nothing. Amen? Amen. We just kind of let it go on. We kind of let it get into our hearts. 
But you and I need to come to a place where we worry about nothing because worry changes nothing. Amen? Amen. It changes not one thing. That's why Jesus says this. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of its own. So Jesus is saying, don't worry about the rain forecasted for tomorrow when it's not yet tomorrow. (laughs) But sometimes we do that. We just worry, 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 and it's not even here yet. So don't open your worry umbrella (laughs) when it's not even raining. And yet we do that to ourselves because Dr. Walter says that he's discovered that 92% of your worries are worthless because 92% of what you worry about never happens. It just never happens. So we need to not worry until it starts raining. Now, when Paul was led by God to write the scripture, worry about nothing, he was in prison, in a dungeon, awaiting his death. He knew he had a death sentence. He knew it was coming. So there he was in prison, in a dark dungeon, awaiting to die. And he still writes, don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. How in the world could Paul do that? It's because he unloaded his worries on God and replaced his worries with trust in God. The Bible says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Folks, in bad times, choose, make a a literal choice to worry about nothing, but instead to trust God in everything. And all of God's people said, Amen. amen. Trust God in everything of life. Second, write this down, and then in bad times, make another choice. Choose then to pray about everything. Worry about nothing, pray about everything. The Bible says this, in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. But you say, I don't have time to pray. But listen, if you use the time you spent worrying for praying, you'd have lots of time to pray. (laughs) You'd have a lot more time to pray. In fact, if you prayed as much as you worried, you'd have a whole lot less to worry about. Turn your worry time into your prayer time. God is saying, worry about nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about everything because God says, I care about every detail of your life. Take a look at this. When you pray, tell God every detail of your life. You see, God cares about the big things in your life, but he also cares about all the little things in your life. Every little detail. You see, the God who made your thumbprint unique, the God who made your voice unique, the God who made your DNA unique has no problem handling every little detail of your life. He cares about every detail, and he's able to care for every detail. If something in your life is worth worrying about, it's worth praying about. Amen? Amen. Pray about it. The Bible says this, give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Give them all to God. He cares about all those little details that you think 
maybe there's just not good enough to pray about. He cares about all of those things. In other words, learn to unload your problems on God. Unload your worries on God. Because unloading them on God releases the weight, the heaviness on your mind, your soul, your spirit. Want to know how to handle your bad times? Unload every little detail on God. Just pretend when you get up in the morning that you're a dump truck. And you're just backing up to God. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> and you're just backing up to God. You say, God, I can't handle it. It's too heavy. It's too much. It's every little detail. is weighing down on me. I don't even know if I can function today. God, it's yours. <laughs> and then when a dump truck unloads, it goes forward. And it goes on in life without all the weight. Amen? As believers, as disciples, as Christians, we need to learn to just unload our worries, our concerns, our anxieties on God. He cares, and he will carry them. A life insurance company did a study, and they discovered that those who attend church every week live 5.7 years longer than people who don't attend church every week. Aren't you glad you're here this morning? (laughs) Doesn't make you kind of rethink sleeping in? (laughs) now why do people who go to church every week live longer than people who don't well it's because they learn how to unload their worries on God We, we learn how to trust our lives to the God who cares about every detail of our lives and then you see God move in and do something in your life when you do unload on him and trust him and all at once you see God move and act in your life And then after a while, you get this track record of God intervening and blessing and moving in your life and helping you. And then you've got this track record. You can look back over all of the years and you say, boy, I have learned. And then look at all the years you didn't try to carry all the weight all yourself. You live longer because you've learned to trust in God. Learn to unload your worries on God. The Bible says it this way. You can throw the whole weight of your anxieties on him for you are his personal concern. Wow. God is personally concerned about you. Concerned enough that he puts you together in the first place in your mother's womb. Concerned enough that he knit you together with a certain personality, certain gifts and talents. And he's been watching you all through your life and protecting you all through your life. Drawing you to himself because he loves you. And even after you come to him, that concern, that fatherly concern does not end. Amen? Amen. It does not end. And yet somehow as Christians we think, i got to be tough. i got to carry this all by myself. No. You can dump all of those worries on him because he cares for you. And then the Bible goes on and says, and you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we, we don't get God's help because we don't go ask God. You'll never have the freedom that you need from worry until you unload all of your worries on God and place your trust in Him, your heavenly Father, to care for you. So in the bad times, choose to worry about nothing, but instead trust God in everything, and then pray about everything and unload on God everything. And then, write this down, and then in those bad times, choose to thank God in all things. In all things, no matter what situation hits you, you can still give thanks to God in that situation. 
The Bible says this, in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. In other words, lift your situation to God through prayer, but at the very same time, be faithful and, and careful to give thanks to him because he's the God who's constantly loving you and caring for you and helping you. Lift your needs to him with thanksgiving. Now, the healthiest human emotion is gratitude. Studies show that grateful people have less sickness. Grateful people are happier people. So if you cultivate this attitude of gratitude or this attitude of thankfulness in all things in your life, you'll not only be more healthy and happy, but you'll end up in the center of God's will for your life. Because the scripture says this, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now look at the word in. I don't want you to misinterpret this scripture. This scripture does not say give thanks for every circumstance. It says give thanks in every circumstance. And so that means if you have a flat tire, you don't have to go praise God. I've been wanting a flat tire. It's about time I had a flat tire. Thank you, Jesus, for my flat tire. I'm only halfway home from Havasu, and I'm on the pavement with the jack, and it's 120 degrees, boiling temperature outside. Can't even hang on to the lug nuts trying to put the tire back on. Praise Jesus for that flat tire. No, you don't have to. That's not biblical Christianity. You don't have to thank God for your flat tire. But in the midst of that flat tire, you can give him all kinds of praise. Thank you, God, for not letting me have a wreck during this flat. Thank you, God, for having a, a great place to pull off the freeway and, and fix this tire. Thank you, God, that I did have a spare. I mean, you can thank God in the midst of all of that that you're going through. Now, in every circumstance, you can give thanks to God because you know that he has a purpose for your life that's bigger than your problem. Yes, you've got a current problem, but his plan and purpose for you is far greater than that. You can thank him because you know that he will give you the power to endure your current problem. That God is bigger and more powerful and that he can carry, he can sustain, he can give you wisdom in your current problem. You can praise him because you, you know that he will use this problem to make you a better person. You know, problems put us on our knees, amen? They draw us closer to the Lord. And then we seek the Lord and God gives us wisdom. And through those problems, we end up becoming better and more Christ-like. So in every circumstance, give thanks to God. Because you know that he is greater than the problem that you are currently in. But you might be thinking, how can I be thankful, Pastor, in my situation? How can I be thankful when I've lost so much in my situation? Here's how. You don't look at what you've lost. You look at what you've got left. And you thank God for what you've got left. You give thanks to God for the food that you have left, the clothes you have left, the house you have left, the spouse you have, the kids, the heat, the air conditioning, the car, whatever it is. You thank God for what you have left. What helps me is to think about my brothers and sisters in Christ that live in other countries. You see, in America, we get depressed when we have to give up our gardener. But then I think about my brother Sergio in Mexico, and he doesn't even have a lawn. <laughs> he doesn't have a lawn to take care of. 
We get depressed in America when, when we have to give up the use of our AC, but my brother Sergio would love to have AC in his house. We get depressed when we have to maybe give up a car, but brother Sergio only has one car, and he's thankful for that one car. In America, we get depressed when we can't remodel our kitchen, but my brother Chris in Manila just wants the flood water to recede out of his kitchen. In America, we get depressed when we, we can't have a faster laptop. My brother Chris in Manila is just thankful that he has one. By the way, you all donated it, or he wouldn't have one. In America, we get depressed when we can't fund in a greater way our retirement account, but my brother Chris Manila is just happy to have each day's needs met. In all things, we need to unleash our tongue and give thanks to God. In our bad times, make a choice. Choose to worry about nothing, but instead to trust God in everything. And then to pray about everything and intentionally unload on God everything. And then thank God in all things and intentionally thank God for the things you do have left. Thank him for your blessings. And then last this morning, write this down. In bad times, choose to think about the right things. Think about the right things. You know, if you're going to start unleashing thanks to God, you've got to first change what you think about in your brain. You've got to change your brain. You have to choose to think about the things that God tells you to think about. God says it this way. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. If you want to unleash thanks to God, change what your brain is thinking about. Fix your mind on right things, like getting God's message of love and forgiveness out to others. Like getting more churches planted everywhere so everyone can experience God's love and God's gift of forgiveness. Fix your mind on right things like getting orphans and widows and the homeless and the hungry and the sick and the poor cared for. Those are right things to think about. Fix your mind on those things that are true and noble and right, pure and lovely, excellent, praiseworthy. Let's begin to fix our mind on right things. Because the Bible says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. We are on the inside what we fix our mind on. So what is it that you allow your brain to think about most? Because you always move toward what you spend your time thinking about most. You move towards those things. Man, you can't get Larry thinking about a new... Uh, Tahoe or something, or he's just going to go buy one. And I did. <laughs> you know, what you get your mind thinking about, you, you just begin moving toward. So we got to be careful about what we think. If you think most about what's wrong in your life, you're just going to become bitter. If you think about what's right in your life, you're going to become better. If you think most about what God wants to do through your life, your life is going to be abundant and exciting and full of joy. We've got to change what we fix our minds upon. In bad times, if you choose to worry about nothing, but instead trust God in everything, if you begin to pray about everything and unload on God everything, if you thank God for all things and thank Him for the things you have left, 
And then if you begin to think about right things and intentionally focus on good things, here's the result. It's the peace of God in your life directly coming to you from God's hand. The result's in verse 7. It says this, The peace of God then, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's peace. Not something you try to manufacture in your bad times. Oh, things are just so bad and so hard. I got to go lay on the beach. I got to go take a trip. I just got to have some peaceful surroundings. No, it's not a peace that you manufacture. It says God's peace will guard your heart and mind. And that's what everybody's looking for is real peace. Wanting to move away from being anxious and worried all the time and have real, honest, genuine peace. So how do you get his peace in the midst of your bad times? Well, the key is in the very last part of this verse. His peace comes when you are, here it is, in Christ Jesus. That's when it comes. When you are in a daily, moment-by-moment relationship with Christ Jesus. Not that you just prayed the sinner's prayer and you've come to Jesus, but when you are in a daily relationship with Jesus Christ. When you're in a relationship with Christ, God's peace will come and it will guard you. It will stand guard at your heart and your mind. But if you are not in a relationship with Jesus, you will never experience God's peace. Jesus says that he gives us a peace that the world knows nothing of. It's a peace that's different than what the world says and can give and offer. You can go to therapy all your life and you still won't get God's peace. It's when you have a moment-by-moment relationship with God and you put your trust in God that he sends a sustaining peace that's overwhelming. So when you're in a relationship with Jesus, God's peace stands at the door of your heart and your mind like, like a military troop. When you're in a right relationship with him, he puts his peacekeepers into action. His peacekeepers stand guard at your heart and mind and they keep you free from worry and stress and fear moving into your heart. But to get his gift of peace, you have to be in a relationship with him. And if you choose to be in relationship with Christ and then you worry about nothing, but you instead pray about everything and you start thanking God in all things, and you're keeping your mind thinking about the right things, you will experience peace in the midst of your problems, and you'll be able to unleash great thanks to God because the peace is there, amen? Because God's peace is there. And you'll find a peace that you could not have imagined possible in your situation. And you'll find yourself giving greater thanks to God in the midst of your situation. This Thanksgiving weekend, I'd like to encourage you to simply take this outline home and start implementing these steps. Put it up on your mirror. Put it in your car. Where do you see it? Take these steps. Unleash your thanks to God. Let greater thanks run from your lips to God. Amen? Amen. He is so worthy of our thanks. And then you will experience God's peace. God's peace. Would you bow your heads with me? As I pray this prayer, would you consider praying it and repeating it in your heart after me? Simply goes like this. Father, forgive me for worrying instead of praying. Help me to follow these steps this week. 
Help me to unleash greater thanks to your name. I want to be a person that's so very thankful, even in the bad times of life. And this morning, if you're not yet in a relationship with Christ, you can be. You can simply pray this prayer in your heart, and you can start a relationship with Jesus Christ. Would you repeat this in your heart after me? Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I confess that I have sinned. I ask that you forgive me for all my sins. Cleanse me. Wash me. Make me new. And from this point on, best that I know how, I will follow you. Father, we thank you that whenever we pray a prayer like that, you are so faithful. Come into our lives and forgive us and become our Savior and our Lord. Lord, I would just pray for each person here today that as they leave this place, that they would feel so very, very loved by their heavenly Father and understand that they can dump anything and everything on you and help them to understand the depth of your care for them and that you have great peace waiting for them. I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen.